to be your prince. A good omen's potvick, written by Phoenix Saw and read by Job. Summary It was their shared dream to stand together on the Olympic podium as figure skaters, rivals, best friends. But the twist of fate has Aziraphale and Crowley pursuing different paths, the former as a single skater and the other an ice dancer. It wouldn't be so terrible, Aziraphale thinks, if he didn't have to watch Crowley skate with someone else day after day. Someone that wasn't him, and to know he'll never get to be with Crowley like that in front of the whole world. At the age of 22, they begin together at center eyes. Aziraphale breathes slow and deep, the way he had been taught and trained. It is in sharp contrast to his quickening heart, working to pump adrenaline through his body and prepare him, drawing him taut like a bowstring ready to let fly. But how could he ever be prepared for this? Not five feet away, Crowley is watching him closely. He smiles, a slow familiar quirk of the lips that has the immediate effect of calming him down. Aziraphale exhales and focuses on Crowley. He lets the tension go, his shoulders slump with relief, heart obeying in turn. It will be all right. Crowley is here, and Aziraphale has long learned that everything turns out all right when Crowley is there. Ready? Crowley holds out a hand, palm up and inviting. Aziraphale bites his lower lip, taking one more breath to appreciate this moment between them. Here they are, a single skater and an ice dancer, meeting together at center ice in a silent rink, where only the empty stands and cold lights will bear witness to their unprecedented performance. They are both in their respective costumes, the ones made specially for their impending Olympic programs. No one else has seen them yet. Aziraphale is in a teal blue tailcoat and trousers, shining like a prince with gold tassel fringes and epaulettes, his short hair fluffed into blonde curls. Crowley is wearing a burgundy top, where the opaque fabric provocatively turns sheer down his sides and arms. Glittering rhinestones line his back and the sides of his trousers, and they sparkle in the long red hair he has pulled back into a half-bun. From their clothes alone, it cannot be more obvious that they hail from entirely different skating disciplines. That they are not a pair that they will otherwise never skate together, much less perform for the whole world. But this is not for the world. Ready! Returning the smile, Aziraphale takes Crowley's hand and, not for the first time, sighs at the touch of cool fingers against his own. 
he is pulled close, his skates sliding across the ice until he is nearly toe-to-toe -to -toe with Crowley. Together they settle into their starting position, a dramatic pose with their right hands clasped together, but their bodies turned and leaning away from each other, a reflection of how their own story began, Aziraphale had mused, when they'd come up with the choreography over the past few weeks. Out of the corner of his eye, he sees Crowley move. The first notes of the song sound, and Aziraphale suppresses a smile, as Crowley subtly tucks his mobile away. He waits for the cue, and, as one, they move out of the pose to face each other. Crowley leads him by the hand, and together they dance. At the age of nine, they met for the first time at center ice, or rather, collided. Among the small group of children excitedly attending skating lessons at the local rink, Aziraphale remembered Crowley as a little wisp of a thing. Pointy-faced and skinny, he looked like one moderate gust of wind could knock him over. Then Crowley crashed into Aziraphale in the middle of the ice. Or perhaps Aziraphale crashed into Crowley. It was a point of contention neither of them could agree on in the future, and little Aziraphale had to re-evaluate his impression of Crowley's physicality when he ended up crushed under his crawny form. He was heavier than he looked, and a winded Aziraphale looked up to find his vision filled with light brown eyes, a smattering of freckles, and a mop of curly red hair. What happened next was mostly a blur in Aziraphale's mind. The frenzy of activity as their instructors fussed over them, and then the relieved sounds when neither of the children was found to be injured. Caught between the adults, the two boys didn't get to say a word to each other. Aziraphale, once he got his breath back, had craned his neck to look at the strange little boy in his grey hoodie. But then they were ushered off the ice to their worried parents, and the other boy didn't look at him. It was later, when Aziraphale went to the bathroom before leaving the rink, that he ran into him again. The red-headed boy was at a sink, holding his hands on a running water. You're hurt, Aziraphale exclaimed. The boy glanced at him, a quick once over before turning his attention back to his hands. Aziraphale came closer and saw the scrapes on his palms. He must have cut them on the ice during the fall. I'm fine, said the boy shortly. You should have told Mr. Morningstar. It's nothing. Aziraphale eyed the pink skin of the boy's small hands and bit his lip. He dug out the band-aids his mother had put in his backpack, the blue ones with the little stars on them. I'm sorry. You should watch where you're going. Aziraphale's jaw dropped. Excuse me? You hit me. 
you ought to say sorry too. Snorting, the boy met his eyes in the mirror. Sure, if you like. Huffing in indignation, he slapped the band-aids down on the sink and stomped out of the bathroom without doing his business. He could hold it in until he got home. Aziraphale was determined not to speak to the boy when he returned for his next skating lesson. The boy was rude and mean and didn't know how to say sorry. When they were gathered around Mr. Morningstar and Miss Grace on the ice, Aziraphale saw the red-headed boy looking his way. Pursing his lips, he skated forward until he was half hidden behind a taller girl and put extra effort into listening to the instructors. He was going to skate and skate so well that it would be like the crash yesterday had never happened. Unfortunately for Aziraphale, it was only his second lesson and his newfound enthusiasm for skating didn't match his present capacity to maintain balance. One overeager kick of his right toe pick had Aziraphale stumbling precariously, nearly falling face down. He was just able to catch himself with one palm on the ice, pushing up until he was upright again. His right hand stung. Aziraphale winced when he saw the thin cut slice diagonally across his palm. It was shallow, blood barely welling up between the torn skin. He heard his name called and looked up to see Mr. Morningstar skating over to him, an expression of concern on his face. Behind him were the rest of the children, including the boy with the red hair, who was staring directly at Aziraphale. He clenched his hand into a fist. I'm okay, he said firmly when his instructor came up to his side. I didn't fall. Are you hurt anywhere? Aziraphale shook his head and gave a bright smile. He remained on the ice for a few more minutes before excusing himself to the bathroom. He didn't look at the boy. The gush of cold water over the wound made him hiss. He poked gingerly at the pink skin around the cut, biting about of delayed embarrassment. He patted his palm dry with a tissue paper and then rummaged in his backpack, searching for... The door to the bathroom creaked open. Aziraphale looked up and froze when he was met with a pair of light brown eyes in the mirror just a few feet from him. He turned around, frowning. What are you doing here? The red-headed boy was staring at Aziraphale's hand, still clutching the crumpled tissue. You're hurt. Aziraphale blinked, surprised. Before he could reply, the boy shoved his hands into his pocket and held out something. Band-aids, blue with little stars. And Aziraphale saw that the boy's palm was plastered with a few of them as well, covering his scrapes from the other day. A smile tucked at the corners of Aziraphale's lips. The boy had actually accepted his offer of help. Thank you, he said, a little shy, 
as he accepted the proper band-aids. Why, it's yours, mumbled the boy, shoving his hands back into his pockets. Aziraphale seriously considered being irritated with him again, but then the boy said, his muttering barely audible, I like stars. He glanced away, focusing on a bottle of hand soap. Then, sorry about yesterday. Aziraphale broke into a true smile then. It's okay, he said sincerely. He picked up a band-aid and fumbled with it, struggling to paste it on his palm with one hand. The boy watched him for a few seconds, then heaved a sigh. Give it here, he said, in that crouchy tone Aziraphale now suspected was merely the norm. His touch, however, was the opposite. He smoothed down the band-aid with gentle sweeps of his thumbs, curving his other fingers under Aziraphale's hand to cradle it. Their eyes met, and Aziraphale beamed. Thank you. The boy's response was a grunt, but Aziraphale could swear that the sound was friendly. Well, friendlier, at least. My name's Aziraphale Bell, he offered, holding out his hand. Surprise flashed across the other's face. After a few seconds, he took it, his grip careful of Aziraphale's injury. I'm Anthony Crowley, he paused. Just Crowley. Nice to meet you, just. Aziraphale couldn't help but tease. Ugh, you're like my dad. Worse than my dad and amidst the ensuing giggles and groans of two boys echoing off the walls of a bathroom at an ice rink, there took root the beginning of what would be the best thing in Aziraphale Fell's life. It would be two pairs of skates gliding side by side during warm-up laps. It would be the sound of jokes and laughter over notebooks with half-finished homework. It would be the blanket fort in a quiet sitting room, set aglow by flashlights and containing hushed whispers of Olympic dreams. Above all, it would be the mischievous glint in ice, the color of caramel, the hazy catch of light in auburn hair, and the curve of a teasing grin around the words, You know we're gonna be rivals, right? Aziraphale puffed out his cheeks, considering. Maybe, but we can still be on the podium together. One of us will just be in second place. In his mind, there was never a question of either of them being third. Or not on the podium at all. I won't go easy on you, said Crowley with a grin poking Aziraphale's arm directly over one of the cute cartoon ducks on his pajamas. Me neither, Aziraphale poked back, inviting another attack, and they dissolved into giggles. Their dance begins to the stirring notes of a lone cello, which Crowley spinning a zero fail into an elegant twirl. The prince 
pirating thrice on the spot while the lover completes a revolution around him. Crowley is directly in front of Aziraphale when he digs his topic into the ice to exit the twirl. Aziraphale has barely registered the stop when Crowley's arms come around him, lifting his arms, holding his hands, pushing off on the ice to commence their choreography. The lilting cello emanating from Crowley's phone is joined by the tinkling of a chime, then the lament of violins, the slow beat of a drum. Aziraphale's breath escapes him, both in excitement and nervous anticipation. To skate, not alone, but with Crowley at long last. Crowley's hands barely leave him. Aziraphale knows what it's like to have Crowley's hands on his body, has known and loved and treasured his touch for over two years now. But this feels entirely different. Confident, yet delicate, Crowley maneuvers him like Aziraphale is made of glass, a fragile thing that he somehow trusts won't break under his strong grasp. Aziraphale doesn't know this touch. It's how Crowley holds peace on the ice. The knowledge drifts across his mind, unbidden. A lump forms in his throat. Aziraphale wins the thought away. Their first couple of years on the ice flew by easy-going and full of play. Between the skating lessons, homework dates and sleepovers, Aziraphale discovers that under Crowley's oppressive appearance and somewhat rude tendencies lay a kindred spirit. What began as inquisitive or fun experience for two very different boys had developed into an early passion. The rink was a magical, wonderful place, and on the ice was where both of them wanted to be. Beginner skating lessons turned into professional coaching, and Aziraphale was lucky enough that his parents had hired the same coach as Crowley's. The timings for their skating sessions usually overlapped, and he was overjoyed every time he met Crowley at the rink and to think he would be meeting his friend there for many, many years yet. Even at that young age, Aziraphale was just as happy to discover that his talent for the sport nearly equaled his passion. With sufficient practice, balance came easy to him, and in time Aziraphale could land nearly all his jumps, single and double. A true accomplishment indeed for one entering juvenile and intermediate level competitions, and he dreamed of eventually mastering the triple jumps, and later quads. It would take years, his proud coaches told him, but he was on his way. He would land a triple axel on Olympic ice someday. He would stand on the Olympic podium, he was certain of it. And he wouldn't be alone up there, 
or so he thought for several months at the age of eleven they met at center ice after the end of another training session aziraphale had been on his way to leave when he saw crowley standing there still and head bowed under the blazing white lights minutes prior to that while aziraphale had been practicing his spins he'd seen crowley at the edge of the ring deep in what seemed to have been a serious discussion with coach graves are you okay aziraphale skidded to a halt in front of his friend he began to grow worried when crowley looked up at him with a blank look on his face aziraphale crowley trailed off his gaze lowered to the eyes squinting at the bright glare what is it did did miss grace say something there was a long moment of silence in which aziraphale fidgeted nervously he wanted to do something for his friend but what finally crowley blew out his cheeks and muttered miss grace said maybe i shouldn't be a single skater what aziraphale's voice came out shrill and for once he didn't feel self-conscious at the looks from a few older skaters that passed them why would he say something like that of course you ought to be a skater not a skater aziraphale just a single skater what does that mean crowley met his eyes and this time he gave a wry grin i suck at jumping no you don't aziraphale argued automatically crowley snorted you know it too i can't land them right i just fall aziraphale hesitated thinking he knew crowley was behind him on the intermediate ranks but he'd been so focused on improving his own skating that he hadn't thought but you will improve he said as firmly as he could you just need to practice i have been practicing crowley shoved his hands into his pockets come on aziraphale you've seen me i'm bad and i'm not getting better but you win medals in competitions and i'm lucky not to be bottom of the list but crowley and miss gray said crowley continued now lightly kicking the ice with the toe pick of his left skate if i keep popping single jumps even after two years maybe i'm not cut out for it you're one of the best at step sequences aziraphale bursts out desperately even better than me or stupid capriel and legger nobody can beat you yeah well you don't meddle if all you're good at is step and choreo snapped crowley his frustration breaking through what about when we're juniors and seniors huh how can i get technical points if i can't do triple or quad jumps silence fell over them 
broken only by their breathing and the gentle scratch of skates outside their gloomy bubble. I see you, you know, Crowley muttered, looking a Aziraphale in the eye, his anger diminished. You're so good. My parents say it too. Aziraphale flies like an angel on the ice. Crowley. And I just fall. No, that's not... Aziraphale stopped, realizing it wouldn't help at all. He bit his lip. So, what happens now? Crowley shrugged, scuffed the ice with his topic again. Miss Gray said, I'm best at skating itself. Something about good balance and strong edges. She said, skaters like me are more suited for... For what? Ice dance. Ice dance? Yep. Crowley shrugged again. He was doing that a lot. Ice dance, Zerophil repeated incredulously. With the girl. Crowley sighed and tipped his head back. You have to to lift a girl and and throw her. Gross, I'm pair skating a zero fair. Crowley was finally wearing a tiny smile. Jumps too. Ice dance has only the lifts and spins. It's dancing. He gave another shrug, and Aziraphale really wished he'd stopped doing that. My feet will be on the ice all the time. Yay. Aziraphale frowned. He placed a hand on Crowley's shoulder. Do you actually want to do it? Crowley sucked on his teeth, considering. I got to talk to Mom and Dad first, but I want to keep skating, he said quietly. Another long beat of silence passed them. We won't be rivals then, Xerophil mumbled, looking down. Or share any podiums. And you'll be skating with a girl. There was a stinging feeling in his eyes. Still gonna be friends, though. Crowley grinned at him. And let's say I am good at ice dancing. That means we'll be on the same team going to the Olympics. Team Great Britain, Aziraphale said with a small, watery laugh. Yeah, Angel. Crowley bumped his elbow against his, and Aziraphale didn't protest the new nickname. Our own side. Crowley leads, Aziraphale follows. It's the way they've practiced this routine before, when they worked out the choreography and Crowley taught Aziraphale how to move with him. It's different. It's difficult. All that Aziraphale had known for thirteen years was how to skate by himself. Every last bit of his focus on his own body, the balance of his skates as he cut intricate paths across the ice.
the accompanying gestures of his hands to the music that was about him. 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 But now there's Crowley in front of him, behind him, by his side, his hands constantly touching a seraphir, to guide him, lead him, dance with him. Even without the thrilling jumps Aziraphil has dedicated his life to mastering, ice dancing is nothing like he's ever known. There is nothing effortless about always being aware of his partner, to know without thinking where Crowley will be at any given moment, to complement every curl and swirl of his body to that of Crowley's. He has to work to remember where he's supposed to step, to reach out, angling for Crowley's hand already there, waiting to meet a Xerophil's. He tries not to let it show on his face every time he misses a beat or fumbles for Crowley's hand. He knows that Crowley doesn't care about that. He understands the limitations Xerophil comes with as a single skater, but it is frustrating still, given the effort Xerophil had put into practicing before today. He makes a huffing noise when he twirls half a second too late, nearly missing Crowley's outstretched hand again upon coming out of the move. Angel. Crowley's voice is low, a little breathless. He smoothly slides up to Aziraphale's left side for the next step in their dance and wraps his right arm around Aziraphale's waist, wrapping his left hand with a soul. Side by side, they skate forward in long, sweeping arcs, switching from the outside edges of their skates to the inside in a deceptively easy-looking pattern it had taken Aziraphale several days to learn. Angel, Crowley says again, It's all right. You're doing great. I keep missing you, Aziraphale huffs, covering Crowley's hand on his waist with his hand. He is distinctly aware that at a top-level ice dance competition, the skater in his position, bees to be precise, will have their hand extended outwards to increase the difficulty and earn more technical points. Aziraphale can't do that. It doesn't matter. Smiling, Crowley skates in a flashy curve around Aziraphale until he is in front of him, taking hold of him in a traditional dance hold. It's not the point, is it? We're here to have fun. But... It's okay if you miss me sometimes. I won't miss you. Aziraphale's throat closes up. Swallowing, he lets Crowley pull him along careful to step in the right direction and not crash into him. That's one of the new things he'd had to learn when they decided to do this thing, to put aside the fact they are in different skating disciplines and do a routine together, just for them, for each other. Crowley is right. 
Aziraphale just needs to trust him, and he does. At the age of 12, Aziraphale and Crowley officially entered different figure skating disciplines. At the age of 12, Aziraphale met Crowley's new teammate, his partner. He hated her after a single day. Bee's prince was a slight, black-haired girl, at least a head shorter than Crowley, with sharp dark eyes that seemed to drill right through Aziraphale. He'd never seen her at the rink before and he turned confusedly to Crowley after the introduction. Bees is from Tadfield, like me. Crowley nudged the unsmiling girl with his elbow in a show of playful familiarity. Aziraphale's lips twitched down at the sight. Her family moved to London just last month. I see. She was in singles, too. Poor thing was about to quit when I came to her rescue. Shut up, Anthony. Bees rolled her eyes while Crowley cackled obnoxiously. She met Aziraphale's nonplussed eyes and explained. My mom was looking for skating partners for me, too. Same as this idiot. Crowley bumped her again and she shot back. You wanted to change disciplines too? Aziraphale asked. And it's damn good timing. Crowley threw a cheerful arm around Bees' shoulders. Now I don't have to skate with a stinky stranger. He shot his new partner a shit-eating grin, just a stinky friend. Bees groaned loudly. I'll drop you like a hot potato, I swear. You won't. Crowley squeezed her harder, ignoring her half-hearted attempt to push his weight off. I'm the best you'll ever have. Um... Aziraphale shifted on his feet, looking awkwardly between Crowley and Bees. Well, it was nice meeting you, and I'm glad you get to skate with a friend. Yeah, isn't it great? said Crowley, jokingly rubbing his knuckles into Bee's spiky black hair. He huffed a laugh when the girl wriggled out of his hold. Can't believe I was worried about ice dancing. You'd better worry, Bee's threatened. I'm here to win medals, Anthony. Gotcha. He shot her a salute, sniggering when she set her shoulders and walked off calling for him to get started on warming up before their ice time began. Crowley was still grinning widely when he finally turned his full attention on Aziraphale. The blond boy gave a weak smile back. So, your childhood friends? Something like that. Crowley led him to the benches to stretch and put on their skates. Peace keeps to herself mostly. But I've known her since we were, I don't know, four. Threw mud at her once, and she nearly drowned me in a pond. He laughed, the sound of his voice fond. Guess that makes us friends. 
and Xerophil didn't reply, instead directing all his focus to lacing up his skates. He thought about the way Crowley touched Beast so easily, how he teased and poked fun at her, her grumpy responses and the obvious closeness between them. Crowley was my friend first, he thought vehemently, and then felt like kicking the floor when he remembered that wasn't true. He didn't know what Crowley was like at four, how he made mud pies or looked drenched in smelly pond water. The thoughts continued to prick at him after they stepped onto the ice, Aziraphale heading to train with Miss Grace, while Crowley and Bees spoke with their coaches, former ice dancers probably, Aziraphale didn't know. He glanced at them discreetly as he began to practice a step sequence, ice darting across the rink to find mobs of red and black hair. He lost concentration entirely when he saw their coaches lead them across the ice, guiding Crowley and Bees to hold each other as they skated. Aziraphale watched Crowley take Bees's hand in his and curl his fingers around her waist, the way Bees gripped Crowley's shoulder and they stepped together, counting as they matched their feet and direction. Aziraphale exhaled sharply, a lump forming in his throat. He forgot his next move, gliding aimlessly while his eyes, white and unblinking, followed the distant shapes of Crowley and Bees. They were still holding hands, listening to their coaches gesturing by their side. She seemed so tiny, her slim waist a perfect fit under the curve of Crowley's palm. Aziraphale, he turned, startled, to find Miss Grace on the perimeter, waving a questioning hand at him. Concentrate. Step sequence again, from the top. With a jerky knot, Aziraphale headed to the other end of the rink to begin again. He passed Crowley and Peace on the way. The latter didn't even look around. Eyes locked on Bees as they counted their steps together. Aziraphale gritted his teeth and turned away. From that day on, he found himself distracted by the Prince Crowley team every time they shared an ice session. With different disciplines and cultures, their schedules didn't overlap as much as they used to, but Aziraphale ran into Crowley at least a few times every week. He tried not to begrudge Crowley his new path, especially when he turned up at Aziraphale's house with homework and soft drinks a week after he'd begun ice dance training and when he continued to do so, inviting Aziraphale to the cinema and sleepovers and everything else they used to do. Aziraphale tried even harder. Crowley was his friend still, and Aziraphale hadn't lost him in any way. But then, over and over again, Aziraphale would see him on the ice with bees. As days turned into weeks, months, Yes, he would see how they improved, how they held each other and learned to skate together, 
until they knew to match and synchronize and complement, until they were perfect as partners for each other. Aziraphale could never be that with Crowley, could never hold Crowley's hand like that and skate in front of the world, and his stomach would drop, and he couldn't have the venom in his gaze whenever his eyes found bees' prints. His hostile attention didn't go unnoticed. What's your problem, asshole? Aziraphale turned from where he was refilling his water bottle. Bees was behind him, glaring daggers. I'm sorry, he said with aloof politeness, capping his bottle. You! If you got something to say, say it to my face, Bee snapped. She looked wine-swept and out of breath, still in her skates. Just finished training, clearly. Aziraphale glanced over her shoulder. Crowley would be off the ice soon, too. I don't know what you mean, Aziraphale said coldly. Bees regarded him for a long moment those eerie dark eyes of her sweeping over him. In a lower tone, she said, He's my friend too, you know. Why the hell are you jealous? What? he spluttered. I'm not jealous. Ugh, boys. Bees groaned in disgust and stormed off, her skateguards clicking on the crowd. They didn't find themselves alone together until months later, smack in the middle of competition season. Aziraphale and Bees arrived at the venue for the novice championship ahead of Crowley, and left alone by their parents in front of the changing rooms, the two teenagers faced each other awkwardly. Yo, ours only, Aziraphale muttered, trying to break the silence. Doesn't ice dance begin later? After singers. My mom has work later, Beast said cryptically. They were quiet again, and Aziraphale didn't think Beast would offer any more conversation. He cleared his throat and tried. Um, good luck to you and Crowley. Beast eyed him for a long moment, expression blank. He's not my boyfriend, you know. Aziraphale blinked, startled. What? Anthony, he's my teammate. We're not dating. I I know that, Aziraphale stammered, pouring the hem of his jacket. Bees heaved an exasperated sigh and opened the door to the changing rooms. Then maybe stop trying to set me on fire with your eyes. There is an art to figure skating. Over the past 13 years, Aziraphale has heard a not insignificant number of naysayers and critics looking down on his board as nothing more than fancy jumps and sparkling costumes. What it truly is, though, is storytelling. That's perhaps Xerophil's favorite thing about it. He, who spent much of his childhood with his nose buried in a book, 
when he's not on the ice. Skating is athletism and artistry intertwined, a tale told through music and movement against the backdrop of awe-inspiring feats. Singers, pairs or ice dance, this remains the heart of the sport. And just like a Xerophil tries to match his technical elements, be it jumps or spins, to the music, so does Crowley in this routine he has choreographed especially for the two of them. Aziraphale's heart races as they near the end of a sweeping step sequence, something he is at least familiar with, albeit on his own. The music is rising, an orchestral wave that will evolve to a temporary frenzy, and for this heart-pounding ten-second stretch, Aziraphale will do an element he has rarely contented with before. Ready? Rowley murmurs, his voice soothing. He lets go of Aziraphale's waist, skating forward in an arc until he is about two meters in front of Aziraphale. They're in possession. The music is changing. Ready, says Aziraphale, though he's not. There's an encouraging flash of a smile. Then the two of them stretch their arms out in front of their chests and kick out with their right legs, twisting their bodies to the left. The momentum sends them spinning counterclockwise as they continue to glide across the ring, a near-perfect set of twizzles. Aziraphale hardly dares to breathe as he rotates, making sure to spot Crowley on his left. The extent of Aziraphale's experience doing twizzles are the isolated spins he sometimes throws into his choreographic sequences to fluff up his presentation and earn points with the judges. He's never had to do them like this, spinning five times in one direction on one foot and then clockwise on the other, all the while being in sync someone else. It's getting hard to spot Crowley, Aziraphale's concentration wavering with nerves as he counts the number of spins. Just as he switches feet to turn clockwise, he realized he's missed the timing again. He has accidentally sped up, and Crowley is only now ending his first set of twizzles. Aziraphale wonders how to slow down. It's all happening so fast, the two of them rotating across the ice. This would never happen with bees. Crowley's partner knows how to match him every step of the way. Aziraphale counts five spins again and exhales as he finishes the second set, feeling chagrined. But then he sees Crowley completing the twizzles right with him, extending his arm out in a flourish perfectly in time with Aziraphale. How? Aziraphale begins breathlessly, reaching for Crowley to enter the next sequence of their dance. I couldn't sink. I was spotting you, of course, said Crowley with a broad grin. Accepting Aziraphale's hand. 
He pulls him close and turns them both, skirting around the edge of the ring. You went too fast, and I did the same until we met. You synced up with me? Aziraphale's eyes are wide. Rolly gives a soft bark of laughter. Don't I always? Aziraphale breaks out into a delighted chuckle as he turns once in Crowley's arms, returning to a dancehall. His heart feels light, accomplished. He doesn't need to worry about not being Bee's prince to Anthony Crowley, because Crowley will always know how to match with Aziraphale. At the age of 15, Aziraphale witnessed Crowley make his biggest mistake on the ice. For years, he'd shared a rink and ice time with Crowley and Bees, a solo and a duo that witnessed the triumphs and failings of each other, from every medal they won to every game without a podium finish. As Aziraphale drove his body as far as he could, Throwing himself through the air to spin not only three, but four times, so did Crowley and Bees push their own boundaries, their lifts increasing in difficulty and awe-inspiring splendor with every passing competition season. Aziraphale would often watch them between his breaks, silently marveling at all the different ways Crowley could pick up his teammate, and how Bees no longer her but them, could twist their body in wondrous ways up there. It was incredible, Xerophil couldn't deny. Nor could he refute that Ice Dance was proving to be the best path for Crowley, this boy with a myriad of hidden talents, who was growing up from a scrawny wisp to a lean, powerful man that could bodily maneuver his partner about with seemingly effortless ease. His heart still clenched in a way he hated, though, every time he witnessed Crowley lift peace up, the way he swept them up from the ice, manhandling them into various positions like they weighed nothing, and yet with a gentle touch that always looked like he was holding glass. The Prince Crowley couple was beautiful and elegant together, a fact as blatant as the sun rising from the east. And Aziraphale, even with every individual victory he earned for himself, couldn't forget that. Nor could he push away the ugly little voice that sometimes whispered in the dark corners of his mind about how unbreakingly unfair it was that Aziraphale would never get to have that with Crowley. But then came the day of the junior-level nationals. Aziraphale was in the stands to cheer on Prince Crowley during the Ice Dance Free program, and Crowley dropped these. It was a lift Aziraphale had seen them do flawlessly during rehearsal run-throughs. A beautiful straight line lift with bees balanced on one foot on Crowley's right thigh, 
their other leg extended in front and arms spread wide. Rowley held them around the thigh and then lifted his back leg, a deceptively easy-looking move to balance both his partner and himself on his right leg. But then he wobbled and abruptly leaned back, planting both feet on the ice. The jolt sent bees slipping off his thigh, Rowley's panicked fumble to catch them in vain. A loud collective gasp went up from the audience, and Aziraphale almost stood up from his seat, hard in his throat. Bees' legs folded under them on the ice, but within seconds they were on their feet again, turning to enter Crowley's hold. Aziraphale breathed out shakily. Of course, they were professionals. They knew how to move past a mishap while competing. But their glum moods were evident at the end, and Aziraphale could see them whispering to each other as they met their sympathetic coaches at the kiss and cry. He crossed his fingers. Useless, for he knew a mistake like that would be costly. Sure enough, the results put them in fourth place, with three more couples still to skate. Aziraphale remembered their ranking of second place after the previous day's short stance program, and he could completely imagine their disappointment. To end the Nationals medalless, and after having ranked second. He didn't wait to see the rest of the dancers, instead heading off to the changing rooms to meet them. He found Crowley and Bees on the benches, morose and quiet as they unlaced their skates. Are you all right? Aziraphale blurted, approaching them at a half-run. Bees spared him a brief look. Physically, yeah. Aziraphale turned to his friend, who hadn't looked up at all. Crowley? He's beating himself up, said Bees bluntly, sliding one foot out of a skate. Slap some sense into him, will ya? Aziraphale sighed. Crowley? It's my fault, Crowley snapped, yanking savagely at his laces. We've done that lift a hundred times, and right when it mattered. It happens to the best of us, Aziraphale said gently, placing his hand on Crowley's shoulder. That's the thing. It doesn't. You don't see any top ice dancers lose their fucking grip on their partner. Stop being dramatic, he said. I dropped you, Crowley shouted, turning to Bees with blazing eyes. You trusted me, and I fucking dropped you. You could have been injured, or... It's an occupational hazard, Anthony, Bees shot back, scowling. We're skaters. Name one that hasn't fallen down or dropped their partner. Before Crowley could yell further, Aziraphale crouched down in front of him and took both his hands in his, wheezing earnestly. Crowley, please, look at me. Still shaking, Crowley obeyed and Aziraphale gave him a soothing smile. No one became a top. Ice dancer without making mistakes. Bees isn't hurt, 
thank goodness. You're really not, are you? He added, turning to them uncertainly. I said, didn't I? Aziraphale swiped his thumbs over Crowley's knuckles. See? It'll be fine. You'll get that lift right. You'll do even more impressive lifts. And you'll meddle in the next season. Crowley was quiet for several seconds, his hands still trembling. Fuck, I suck even at this. Can't jump for shit, and now I can't even... Maybe I'm just not cut out for... Stop! Aziraphale gripped Crowley's chin, tilting his head up until their eyes met. You've worked so hard to get where you are, and you're doing incredible. Blondie's right, bees grunted. They rested their elbows on their knees and gave Crowley a serious look. Why do you think I've been putting up with your shit for years now? That finally got a chuckle from Crowley, a helpless little sound bordering on a sob. Asshole. That you are. Bees flashed a sharp grin. And again, Aziraphale saw that special brand of comfortable affection that lay between the two of them. He squeezed Crowley's hands again. They're right, you know. He hesitated for a moment, thought of all the times he'd watched Crowley and Bees dance together on the ice. Swallowing, he admitted, You have the best partner. You should listen to them. Crowley gave another huff of laughter. Bees just raised an eyebrow. It was only after Crowley left for the bathroom that they turned to Aziraphale, dark eyes narrowed and calculating. Fuck was that? Hiding his lips, Aziraphale took a seat on the bench next to them. The two of them weren't close, but their relationship had taken a more civil route since the day Bees confronted him about Crowley. I mean it, he said quietly, looking down at his hands. You're the best partner for him. Anyone can see that. I'm... I'm sorry for all the times that I... was a complete and utter twat. Xerophil's ears burned a little. Um, yes. Bees twisted to place him on the bench. You're gonna stop trying to light my ass on fire every time I skate with Anthony Dan? With a low moan, Aziraphale pinched the bridge of his nose. Bees burst out laughing, clearly enjoying Aziraphale's acute embarrassment. Looking back on it later, you would peg that as the moment they became friends of a sort. Hey, you know, angel. Aziraphale looked up at that word, cheeks warming. You should tell the bloke how you feel. Aziraphale feels more confident when they enter the wall-step sequence of their dance. Certain from previous practice sessions that this is a lack of the routine where he can keep up with Crowley easily. 
He'd been a bit bemused earlier when Crowley announced he'd added the waltz pattern. Yeah, it's not really the style bees and I go for, Crowley had admitted with a shrug. But, of course we know it. The ISU set the waltz pattern for the short dance a few years ago. I swear bees hated it more than me, he added with a snort. But it's simple and fun enough. And so it is, closer to the style Aziraphale likes, and easy for him to pick up. He can't help but giggle as they speed down the ring, raising and extending their legs in complementary positions to the walls. Crowley has a pleased expression on his face, and Aziraphale looks down to concentrate harder on the steps, determined to do all of them perfectly. On the second lap of the waltz, though, Crowley squeezes him a bit closer. Oh, no, don't! Aziraphale stammers, narrowly avoiding Crowley's feet at the sudden proximity. Aziraphale, look at me. I've got this just right! Angel. The earnest tone has Aziraphale looking up at once. Crowley is smiling at him. Soft and full of so much affection, it feels like a gut punch. Just look at me. Focus on me. Let me lead you, angel. Trust me. Aziraphale's lips part in surprise, blood rushing to his cheeks. Crowley's eyes gleam almost golden in the bright lights, and Aziraphale feels lost in them. Crowley glances away, only to adjust their direction and avoid the ring's borders, but his eyes return, as they always do, to a zero fear. He relaxes in Crowley's arms and trusts him. At the age of 16, Fell and Prince Crowley made their respective debuts as senior figure skaters. Elements of their professional lives were ever-evolving as they moved up levels, from changing coaches to putting higher investments in better costumes and seeking help from masters across various fields. Skating was both a time-consuming and costly career, though the returns were remarkable if one did well. Separated though Aziraphale was from Crowley for most of these decisions, one thing that didn't change was the time they spent together when they had any to spare. They'd never shaken off their childhood habit of doing homework together, which sometimes was the only thing they could do together between skating and school during competition season. However, the off-season always gave Aziraphale more chances to meet Crowley. Cinema dates and cheat days at any number of cafes and bistros, or Crowley tagging along while Aziraphale browsed bookshops or Aziraphale indulging Crowley's window shopping for ridiculous high-tech gadgets. Of course, those months were also spent in preparation for the next season, to brainstorm and pick music and choreograph and practice and have their costumes made. 
an endless cycle. Aziraphale would do all that by himself, and to be fair with his coach. Meanwhile, Crowley would do it with his partner. Perhaps it was in light of this reason that Aziraphale always felt grateful for the time Crowley never failed to spend with him. It wasn't something he could or would take for granted. For outside of their overlapping ice sessions, Xerophil didn't get to share any professional aspect of his life with Crowley. That was until the day he walked into his gym, as he did almost daily, and found Crowley in the changing rooms. I didn't know you go here, Xerophil exclaimed, though he was hardly displeased to find his dearest friend there. Yep. Crowley, having just laced up his gym shoes, grinned up at him. I switched to a trainer here. Closer to home, also. Oh! Raising his eyebrows, Xerophil opened his locker and began to shed his outer clothing. Is Peace coming here, too? Nope, said Crowley cryptically. He stood and playfully poked Aziraphale in the small of his back with his water bottle on his way past. See you out there. Yes, Aziraphale murmured, not even trying to hide his smile. It wasn't like they could talk a lot in the gym. They specialized workouts differed as per the demands of their respective skating disciplines with a greater focus on core strength and flexibility for Xerophile, while Crowley had to work to build and maintain muscle strength. But Xerophile was filled with joy to be sharing a session with Crowley anyway. His pleasure grew to a mild surprise over the next few weeks, upon discovering that they now shared gym sessions nearly every day. Crowley's time slot overlapped with his more often than not, and despite being in separate areas with their trainers for the majority of the time, Crowley always waited for Aziraphale on the days he finished first. Aziraphale naturally began to do the same. They would leave the gym together, often taking detours or heading to each other's homes if their schedules permitted. Aziraphale appreciated every moment, but he couldn't help but wonder. And eventually he had to ask. Crowley, I'm curious. Why did you change gyms by yourself? What do you mean? Crowley blinked at him over his protein shake as they exited the building together. I mean... I thought it would make more sense for you to be working out with these. Crowley made an airy sound and swirled his drink around. Eh, I'm with them for all other training anyway. It's good to be away from each other for some bits. Keep our own space, you know. Aziraphale sucked in a breath at the thought of being so close to someone that you would need time away from them. It was a thing he'd heard about before. Couples in decades-long loving relationships. He swallowed. Besides, Crowley continued, workouts do the same thing for our bodies, whether we do it together or not. But that 
he paused suddenly and took a long sip of his drink. That's not really why I'm sharing a gym slot with you. Oh? Aziraphale blinked quizzically at him. Why then? Crowley turned to him, the look in his eyes startlingly intense. He lowered his protein shake. Why do you think, Angel? Aziraphale's face went hot, his mind suddenly full of thoughts. All of them ridiculous. Because I'm your best friend, he said instead with a light-hearted laugh. Crowley pursed his lips. Sure, let's say that. What does that mean, Aziraphale meant to ask. But right then, Crowley slipped the straw of his shake between Aziraphale's parted lips, and he automatically took a sip. His face twisted in distaste, and he shoved at Crowley's arm, making the redhead laugh boisterously. They didn't bring up the topic again. For their private routine, Aziraphale had initially suggested that they only arrange step and choreographic sequences as their dance. Safe and easy. It was Crowley's idea to adopt special elements from their individual disciplines. Nothing risky, he'd assured Aziraphale, but he'd wanted to bring the distinct touches of both singers and ice dance into their routine. It's about making it ours, isn't it? A bit of you, a bit of me. There'll be no other program like it in the world. Aziraphale couldn't help but agree wholeheartedly, perhaps a bit too greedy at the prospect of sharing such a singular skate with Crowley. It was for this reason that he'd struggled to master synchronized twizzles from ice dance. And now, in this moment, he is gearing up for his singles contribution to their program. A triple axel. He'd originally been more ambitious, bowing to do a quadruple jump combination. But Crowley had laughed and said no reminded him that they should keep things simple to prevent any possible mishaps and injuries. Aziraphale had relented, but only to keep it to one jump. A triple axel, he told Crowley obstinately, tone brooking no arguments. It's the most difficult jump. And I've landed it plenty of times. What if you fall? Do you know how long I've wanted a chance to skate with you? Aziraphale had burst out desperately, and Crowley fell quiet. This routine is my first time with you, and I'll be damned if I don't land a triple axel. The words ring in his ears now, his nerves alight with anticipation. Crowley lets go of his hands, sliding away to give him space. Aziraphale listens to the music, the roar of the orchestra and the beat of the drum, counting down to his cue. Go, Angel, 
he hears Crowley say, his voice hushed. Aziraphale smiles, skates forward on his right foot, and breaks. The drumbeat changes, and he leaps up, twisting counterclockwise. He locks his ankles together, crosses his arms over his chest, and spins through the air, his body mapping a maneuver that has become muscle memory now. He counts three rotations, full and perfect, before gravity pulls him back down, and his right skate impacts the ice, slicing gracefully through it. Whoa! Crowley whoops from behind him, and Aziraphale turns, accelerated. I wish that could happen all the time during competitions, he says with a laugh, thinking back to the handful of times he'd failed to land that axle. Hey, most difficult jump in history, member, Crowley says bracingly, skating forward to meet him. But it doesn't help any when you've got a whole arena watching. With a thoughtful hum, Aziraphale takes Crowley's hands. Your eyes on me matter a lot more than an arena of strangers. Crowley stares at him, his gaze suddenly deep and intense. Aziraphale feels a little light-headed as they glide back into a dance, crossing half the length of the ring before Crowley speaks again. Okay, my turn. Are you ready? Blinking, Aziraphale recalls that the next move is the special element from Crowley's discipline, a lift. He swallows, meets Crowley's light brown eyes, and nods. They've done this before, during practice. He knows what it's like. It still knocks the breath out of him in the best way, just like it had the first time Aziraphale experienced what it felt like to have Crowley's hands on him and the world falling away below his feet. Crowley winds his right arm around Aziraphale's waist and chokes the other under his left thigh. At the same time, Aziraphale throws his left arm around Crowley's neck and prizes for the lift, gasping when he is easily heaved up and held against Crowley's chest. Remembering what he'd learned, he extends his free leg out to the side and raises his right arm above his head. Grinning, Crowley lets the momentum of the lift rotate them in slow, lazy spins across the ice. It's simple enough, hardly any adventure to it at all, but Aziraphale is thrilled with the movement of it, the feel of Crowley's arms holding him aloft. The first time they tried this off the ice, he'd worried that he would be too heavy imagining his weight sending Crowley toppling over. But Crowley had laughed his fears away. Haven't you seen me throwing bees around my shoulders for the past decade? How weak do you think I am? I didn't imply you're weak. I mean I'm much heavier than bees. Hmm, didn't hear you complain when I had you against my bedroom wall the other day. 
And that, as people say, had been that. He's unspeakably glad for it, however. All these years he had worked to jump off the ice, to send his body higher, farther, always under pressure to master the triples and quads, and in the future, quintuples perhaps. But in this instant, Aziraphale's skates leave the ice, and it's the doing of someone else. Someone he trusts to hold him high and keep him safe, his life in their hands. He is again the angel taking flight, but now he has a rock, one whose feet will always remain grounded. And it's the most wondrous thing, for neither can have this beauty without the other. At the age of 18, they were on the upwards trajectory to bring their careers to peak and keep them there. That was the hard part. Aziraphale had always known the victories in figure skating were subjective. Outside of technical scores, reaping points for artistry and presentation depended almost solely on the judges. More often than not, on the audience's engagement and reactions. It had taken years for Aziraphale to determine his style and own it, as Crowley would say. He found himself drawn to more traditional styles, enjoying the telling of dramatic tales to epic classical music. And where others might have called him boring for it, in time he'd mastered ways of incorporating little features that would keep an audience engaged to the last moment. Contending against the likes of skaters such as Gabriel and Ligger, recently debuted seniors racing a zero field to edge out the older veteran skaters from the national podium, the distinctive touch he brought to his own programs was a saving grace. It was one thing to score high on technical difficulty, such as Gabriel, who seemed determined to fill up his routines with triples and quads alone. But in Aziraphale's eyes, all flair and no substance made a program repetitive and lackluster. Where he lacked technical reach, he made up for with stylish steps and choreographic elements, all combined with the more exciting jumps to turn moving stories on the eyes. At the age of 19, he finally shot ahead of his competition and topped the national podium, gold hanging proudly around his neck. The same year, Prince Crowley backed a hard-won bronze medal, and Crowley crowed afterwards, it feels like gold. And Aziraphale contemplated how Bees and Crowley's journey felt both so similar and opposite to his own. The duo had also taken time to experiment and explore, until they found their own path forward in ice dance. Aziraphale could remember how Bees and Crowley, upon their senior debut, had started out more traditionally per their coach's urging, 
sticking to romantic routines because that was considered safe. Can you believe how dumb that is? Crowley had complained to Aziraphale more than once. Those pruny old judges think audiences can only relate to love stories. Is there a rule like that? Aziraphale asked, bemused. That's my point, Crowley blustered, gesturing wildly. There isn't. You remember when me and bees were novices? No one told us we had to be romantic. We were just taught to dance. But dance like, like you grow up and boom, they only care about sexual chemistry. Xerophile tried very hard not to think about sexual chemistry between Crowley and bees. You mean they actually cut points if you don't do it? Crowley puffed out his cheeks. It's not so much cutting as, well, you just don't score as high as you should, you know. That's rubbish, Aziraphale said vehemently. Complete garble. But aren't there sibling ice dancers too? They don't do romantic programs either. They're rare, Angel. And you know how many sibling teams have ever medaled at the Olympics? Seraphine hesitated. Two, two, said Crowley glumly. Oh, dear. Yeah, fucking bias, I'm telling you. It came as no real surprise to Aziraphale later when Crowley took these contrary feelings and decided to spite the judges. And Bees, of course, wholly agreed with him. As seniors, they had more creative control over their programs, and over the next few years, Aziraphale saw how they began to branch out, breaking out modern music that didn't vibe with the judges to tell other kinds of tales on the eyes. Dancers that conveyed friendship, comedy, anger, and seemingly everything under the sun in addition to love. Their strategies made them a hit and miss with the judges, but just like any other piece of art reviled by the critics yet beloved by the audiences, the Prince Crowley couple grew to become fan-favorites, not only in the British skating world, but on international arenas. Aziraphale had to agree with the people's love of their creative elements and innovative choreography, and where their romantic routines were unfailingly sizzling, Crowley and Bees brought their special brand of chemistry to their unconventional dances as well. The kind of chemistry you had with someone you knew like the back of your own hand. Aziraphale liked to think that he had that with Crowley too. He knew things like how Crowley secretly loved old sitcoms like The Golden Girls, and that he would refuse to read a novel but listen to audiobooks to fall asleep. He knew Crowley would have studied to become an astronomer if skating didn't work out, that he had an irrational fear of frogs, and that his solution for a bad day was to bring takeout sushi to Aziraphale's place and snuggle on the sofa with Netflix on. 
But Aziraphale didn't know things like what Crowley considered before he picked a theme for a routine, his line of thinking while coming up with programs, what he looked for in picking out music, the inspiration that led to choice of costumes, exactly what he did to master a hold, a spin, a lift. Crowley's whole creative process a thing he shared entirely with bees alone. Aziraphale couldn't know any of that, not really. He didn't hate bees, couldn't anymore. That they were now friends felt like an inevitable course life had taken. But old habits and anxieties die hard, and when Aziraphale saw them on the ice, He'd be struck all over again just how beautiful they were together. The way Crowley knew bees in a way he didn't know Aziraphale. How Aziraphale couldn't be like bees to Crowley. And with a perfect teammate like that, sometimes it was impossible to not wonder if Crowley wouldn't find a life partner in bees as well. Aziraphale is still high on the electrifying thrill of the lift when Crowley's hold on him tightens minutely. Then Crowley is bending down, and Aziraphale remembers a fraction of a second too late to lower his extended leg. It's so different from landing a jump. Then it's completely in Aziraphale's control. A negotiation with momentum and gravity to land his skate just right, perfectly balanced on the ice. But in a dance, it's a two-player gambit, Crowley to lower him and a zero fare to find the exit. His tiny leg costs him and he stumbles, his skate losing the curved edge he's going for. On instinct, Aziraphale crapples at Crowley's shoulder, only to find the other's arm already around him, catching him before he falls. Crowley steadies him as easily as if Aziraphale hadn't stumbled in the first place, and he clutches at Crowley's biceps, feels the catch of decorative rhinestones under his palms. I got you. Crowley murmurs, the curve of his mouth as warm and gentle as his gaze. Aziraphale's heart beats fast, adrenaline still cursing through him, now mixed with a tingling emotion he knows well. His body is all too familiar with the impact of ice, punishments for under-rotated jumps, or the blade of a skate angled just a smidge wrong. He knows the crushing regret and disappointment that follows a fall. And now he knows what it feels like to be on the very edge of the precipice, but with another pair of hands that won't let him teeter over it. In competition, it would have still cost them a point, but this is new territory for Xerophir to be held up even when his feet are on the ground. He thinks it's the same feeling he got that first time when he and Crowley 
finally got it right. Got them right. At the age of 20, Aziraphale finally brought home his first ever international gold medal. Standing atop the podium at the European Championships, with a French skater to his right and Ligger to his left, gold and bronze wins for Britain at the Euros, the sports media outlets would kick up a right frenzy, and Xerophil let out what felt like a breath he'd been holding for a decade. Tears pricked his eyes when he was handed the bouquet of flowers, and they fell as the national flags of the winning skaters were hoisted on the other end of the arena. In that instant, he felt the full weight of all the work he'd put in. Every sacrifice he'd made to reach this point, all of it slipped off his shoulders, leaving him floating. Winning nationals had been a dream come true, but there were any number of national champions that never made it internationally. For a fleeting moment, he felt the sting of regret. A memory from so long ago. The voices of two excited boys vowing to share podiums around the world. Aziraphale let the thought wash over him and let it go. It didn't matter. Crowley was here, out there somewhere in the stands, and though Aziraphale couldn't pinpoint him, he knew without a doubt whose cheers were the loudest. Crowley caught up with him much later, after Aziraphale had celebrated with his coaches, endured crushing embraces from his parents, protested celebratory shoulder slaps from the rest of Team GB, and given rapid-fire interviews to a string of sports journalists. He found a moment of peace in the changing rooms where he flopped down on a bench, still smiling ecstatically to himself when the door flew open. Angel! Aziraphale perked up immediately at the dear voice, the one he'd most wanted to hear after stepping off the ice. Crowley came barreling in, almost skipping in his excitement. Angel, angel, angel! Laughing, Aziraphale got to his feet, prepared to be hugged within an inch of his life. Crowley paused right before he crashed into him, glancing at the bench. He picked up Aziraphale's bouquet and snacked its centerpiece, a large red rose, which he held flamboyantly out to Aziraphale. Freely, Crowley, chuckled Aziraphale, accepting the flower nonetheless. Didn't have time to buy you flowers, but Angel, Angel, you were amazing. And then Crowley's arms were finally around him, and Aziraphale sighed happily, resting his cheeks on the other's shoulder. You showed them. All those shitty commentators saying your national win was a fluke, and Ligger would beat you at the Euros with his extra quad. Crowley! Aziraphale giggled when the hug became tighter with every shout. Only one commentator said that about me. Yeah, and look at you, kicking them right up the arse with that 
awesome triple axle. Buckligger's quadlats, S-Face couldn't even properly rotate his bloody triple cell show. Crowley! Aziraphale tried to sound chiding, but failed miserably. I'm so hecking proud of you. You showed them all. You were so beautiful out there. My perfect angel. That was new. Blood rushed to Aziraphale's cheeks, his heart tripping in his chest. Um, he squirmed and tried to pull away, but Crowley didn't release him. He angled his head back to peer at Crowley, saying, I'm glad you enjoyed my perf- Aziraphale's words died in his throat. His movement had brought him face to face with Crowley, their cheeks grazing together until they stood, noses touching, hot breaths mingling in the sun's space between their lips. Crowley's eyes swirled in front of him, a blurred haze of amber honey, and a zero feel made to lean back, trying to bring his friend's face into focus. But then Crowley moved with him, leaning forward, chasing Aziraphale's retreating lips with his own. He pressed them together, a soft tentative touch that made Aziraphale's breath hitch in his throat and his heart throw itself against his ribs. Crowley withdrew, but just barely. He gazed into Aziraphale's eyes, searching and vulnerable somehow. Aziraphale could only stare back, hazy and still stunned. Slowly, Crowley leaned in again, covering his lips with his own in another kiss, as careful as the first before he pressed in more. Aziraphale drew in a breath at the increasing pressure, which lasted a little longer, and then Crowley broke the kiss once more. Another look and Aziraphale was being kissed again, and again, and again. Gentle presses to his lips that deepened with every kiss Crowley sipped from his mouth, until Aziraphale's head was tilted back, lips parting, slotting with Crowley's. A push and pull of a dance as their mouths found each other, letting go after every kiss to savor the anticipation before they met again. He didn't even realize he was trembling until Crowley drew back after one more open-mouthed kiss, leaving him with his face tilted up and lips tingling, aching to be touched again. He opened his eyes, dazed and was met with the sight of Crowley licking his lips slowly, an image that was instantly burnt into Aziraphale's memory. Then he registered the spark of concern in Crowley's eyes, the nervous tension in the tightness of his jaw. Was that... Crowley cleared his throat. <coughs> was that okay? Aziraphale exhaled shakily. He could almost feel the roar of blood inside his body, the pent-up energy demanding to be released. He worried his lower lip with his teeth. 
was that a congratulatory kiss? Even as he spoke, he knew the silliness of such a question. But he had to ask, had to know without any room for doubt. Crowley blinked, hesitating. Is that, is that all you wanted to be? As Eraphia furrowed his brows, felt a scream of protest rise in his throat. Because I don't want it to be. The wave of sheer relief and joy that washed over him with those words was overwhelming. As Eraphia thought, he might break down into sobs. Me, me neither, he sighed, almost a prayer on his lips. When they kissed again this time, with open mouths and joyous sounds and desperate hands, Aziraphale marvelled at how easy it felt, as if falling into each other like this was meant, a thing their bodies already knew how to do, and had been waiting for their minds to catch up all along. Oh, God, Crowley mumbled against Aziraphale's lips, his words barely audible, because he couldn't seem to stop kissing him. God, I've another longing kiss. Wanted this for so long. You have? Aziraphale said breathlessly, tilting his head eagerly when Crowley's mouth found his jawline. Fuck yeah. Crowley nipped at him, making him start in pleasure. So long, Angel. You've no idea. I... I thought... Aziraphale ought to stop talking, but he had to air out this particular thought. I thought that perhaps you might have... Crowley raised his head, arching a brow. I might have walked. Aziraphale took a deep breath, willed his heart to slow down. I thought that you and bees. It was almost comical, the way Crowley's eyes widened, then narrowed, followed by a full face twist as he wrinkled his nose. What? He wheezed, sounding like he was caught between a laugh and yelling. Bees, they're just a friend. I thought you knew that. Well, I've been your friend the whole time, too, Aziraphale pointed out, marveling at himself for keeping his tone even despite the rise of pure elation inside him. Aziraphale. Crowley stepped impossibly closer, curling a hand around the side of his neck. I haven't thought of you as a friend in years. With a sigh, he leaned into Crowley's touch and stopped holding back the euphoria, fighting to burst out of him. Me too, he whispered and leaned up to claim another kiss. There was no one to witness this, the moment they got it right. And they agreed it was better to keep it that way to treasure what they had found away from the grasping hands of the media and the tainting eyes of the world. They would tear their families and close friends in time, but for now, 
this happiness was for them to share with each other alone. Later, when Crowley took the ice with bees, they finished fourth in ice dance, just a hair's breadth away from making it onto the podium. Aziraphale cheered his heart out for them nonetheless, and he would cheer even harder the next season when the Grand Prix final saw Prince Crowley back silver. It was their greatest achievement to date, and Aziraphale thought it was only right to run to the changing rooms later, pausing only to gasp his congratulations at bees, before he threw his arms around Crowley's neck and kissed him soundly on the mouth. Crowley made a delighted noise and crushed Aziraphale close, kissing him back with ardent enthusiasm. Ugh! Bees groaned from the bench, and Aziraphale didn't have to look to know that they were rolling their eyes. It's good you dolts finally figured it out, but can you bloody not? Crowley broke the kiss with an obscene smacking sound. Why, you want one too? Aziraphale's smile faltered, just barely. He was certain that Crowley noticed. But the other didn't miss a beat as he continued in a teasing drawl. I thought you were saving yourself to pucker up to that child Gabriel. That completely derailed Aziraphale's thoughts. What? Yep, been wanting to climb that ugly tree for a while now, eh, bees? I will skate over your throat, bees returned coolly but without any real bite. Crowley gave a loud gasp. Betrayal! Tightening his hold on Aziraphale, he lowered him into a dramatic dip. Not before I get one last kiss from my angel, he proclaimed and kissed Aziraphale on his laughing mouth. And while bees made noises of disgust in the background and pretended to hate them, Aziraphale hummed contentedly into the kiss, his heart singing. My angel. They are approaching the finish now, the curtain call of their first ever performance together. Aziraphale doesn't want it to end. Moving out of the final stretch of steps, Crowley turns to face him fully, searching Aziraphale's eyes. Smiling, he holds out both arms. Last one. Ready? Perhaps for the first time in the whole routine, Aziraphale wholly is. He doesn't even think, just nods and moves into Crowley's arms. They wrap tight around his waist, and he clasped his hands behind Crowley's neck, kicking off the ice. Crowley pulls him in, and they spin on the spot, Aziraphale's feet elevated above the ground. A simple choreographic dance lift, one last chance for Aziraphale to fly, and Crowley to ground him. He lets himself be caught in this beautiful impasse, one that lasts forever and not at all before it ends.
At the age of 22, 13 years of commitment and passion and endurance paid off. At the age of 22, they qualified for the Olympics. Aziraphale waited until the official list of names was announced, just to be absolutely certain this wasn't a dream, and then called Crowley. There were barely two rings before Crowley answered, greeting Aziraphale with a booming laugh. Was just about to text you. At fucking last, huh? Aziraphale chuckled, understanding Crowley's sentiments perfectly well. It was frustrating that so many others had made it to their first Olympics at ages much younger than Aziraphale and Crowley currently were. They hadn't qualified for the previous games four years back, having lacked the necessary skills and experience just two years after their senior debut. But now they were ready. More than. Hey, wear something nice tomorrow, will you? Oh, he could almost hear Crowley's grin over the phone. We're going out to celebrate. Qualification alone was cause enough for cheer, and Aziraphale was positively giddy as he showered and put on his nicest dress shirt and trousers. When Crowley turned up outside his flat to pick him up, Aziraphale was somewhat surprised to see that Crowley had put in even more effort. He'd swapped his usual jeans for slim-fitting black trousers, and he was wearing a black blazer over a scarlet shirt. Aziraphale couldn't help the way his eyes travelled down the length of Crowley's body. His boyfriend smirked, reading his thoughts at once. Behave, he said, giving Aziraphale's side a playful pinch. I'm taking you somewhere nice. My bed is nice, Aziraphale murmured, staring shamelessly. Crowley laughed, his cheeks pinking. I might let you tempt me later, he said with a wink and took Aziraphale's hand. But first, lunch. Somewhere nice turned out to be, to Aziraphale's utter amazement, the Reds. Of all places they could have gone. Aziraphale tucked his head into the crook of Crowley's elbow and let himself be led to a table which was soon home to two flutes of champagne. He peered at Crowley over their drinks, smiling bemusedly. I know you said celebrate, but ordinary place of this caliber be reserved for something even bigger? Like meddling at the Olympics, perhaps? Unless, Aziraphale's tone became teasing, your plan is a cheap meal at McDonald's if you bring home gold? Crowley snorts into his flute, but doesn't reply, instead waving Aziraphale to look at the menu. Go on, pick whatever you like. My treat. Aziraphale raised his eyebrows. There was a seriousness to Crowley's demeanor he couldn't place, something he obviously wasn't saying. Lunch was as lovely as it possibly could be, Crowley urging Aziraphale to ignore the prices 
and order anything that caught his eye. And Zeraphiel decided to take him at his word, though he refrained from ordering courses, instead opting for only the main, and dessert, because Crowley frowned when Aziraphale didn't order any and insisted. He indulged in his luxurious meal and enjoyed Crowley's unwavering attentions and obligingly turned a blind eye to the bell. Afterwards, Crowley suggested an amble in the park. Helps with digestion and hay. It's a nice day he said with an air of nonchalance that didn't escape Aziraphale's notice. He agreed, and together they headed to St. James's Park, where they basked in the late afternoon sun and enjoyed the near privacy granted by the scarce number of people about on a weekday. They slowed down by the duck pond. Crowley drew out a packet of peas from Aziraphale didn't know where, to his delighted surprise. How long have you been carrying these around? he asked laughingly, licking a handful at the ducks which eagerly gave chase to the morsels. Crowley didn't reply immediately, just stood silent as a shadow by Aziraphale's shoulder until he'd emptied half the bag. Actually, we'd earn a lot. He began without a propos, his voice low. If we meddled, at the Olympics, I mean, even if it was just one of us. Aziraphale hummed, somewhat surprised that Crowley had returned to that point. That's true, I suppose. I can take care of you. Aziraphale's hand stilled mid-flourish, scattering peas over the ground. A hot flush was rising up Crowley's cheeks. He shoved his hands into his pockets and shifted his weight, saying quickly, I mean, not that you're not already taking care of yourself, of course, or you need me or anything, but... My dear... What are you trying to say? Crowley took a deep breath. He slipped off his sunglasses and fixed Aziraphale with an earnest look, his eyes glinting like gold in the sunlight. If we, I mean, you or me, or even both, if we are able to bring home an Olympic medal, he cleared his throat and swiped the tip of his tongue over his lower lip. How, how do you feel about my flat? It's a pretty big, spacious, more than room enough for two. Aziraphale widened his eyes, stunned. Are you asking me to move in together? Crowley offered him a smile, fluttering with nerves and hope. I mean, we've been together one hour and... Not to put too fine a point on it, but I really intend to keep it that way forever, if you'll have me. Crowley, did you just propose to me? Aziraphale blustered, gesticulating with his arms and sending peace flying over the squawking gathering of ducks. Uh, yes, no, I mean, 
Not if... If you don't want it to be like that. Ugh, I just meant... The rest of his stammering dissolved into a grunt when a Zerafe crashed into him, capturing his mouth in an ardent kiss that would have drawn scandalized glares had there been witnesses. Yes, you ridiculous creature! Aziraphae breathed against his lips. Oh. Crowley blinked dazedly at him, his face the most fetching shade of red. Wait, you mean living together or, or the other part? Chuckling, Aziraphae kissed him again. What do you think, darling? Crowley's touch feels extra gentle when they come out of the dance lift, and this time Aziraphale's feet find balance immediately upon being set back down on the ice. They rotate on the spot twice more, Crowley's arms still wound around him as they slow down. Crowley steers him purposefully, and Aziraphale leaves his right arm around Crowley's shoulder and lets the other fall as he is lowered into a dip, the both of them coming to rest with the final fading notes of a cello. Aziraphi closes his eyes and tips his head back, letting Crowley bear his weight, the lover holding up his prince, protective and possessive, a promise to never let go. Crowley's arms are so steady and grounding, and he can hear his heart breathing, hot puffs on his chest where Crowley has buried his face. He tries to commit to memory everything that exists in this moment, and wraps his dangling arm around Crowley's neck, so that they're in a proper embrace, still to blow. Crowley narrows his stance and pulls Aziraphale up, but he doesn't let go when they are both upright again. They stare at each other, soaking up the electric tension sizzling in the silence between them. Thank you, Aziraphale says at last, and his voice cracks slightly. Thank you for letting me feel what it's like to be with you in this way. I. No, I can never know all that's there of you on the ice, but thank you for giving me this much. Broly raises his eyebrows, lips quirking. In all this time, they've never actually discussed out loud the insecurities that used to plague Aziraphale when he saw Crowley skate with peace. But he has a feeling that Crowley, to some degree, has been aware of Aziraphale's irrational jealousy, that it was for that reason that Crowley had suggested they do the skate together, something just for them before they set off for the Olympics. Crowley pulls Aziraphale in until they are flush against each other. No, thank you, Angel, for giving me this dance. He traces a hand up Aziraphale's back, strokes his fingertip over the nape of his neck. I've always imagined what it'd be like to be with you out here.
I want it to be me always, Aziraphale almost says. Irrational envy, he knows. But even after everything, it's difficult to get rid of. I know we can never perform like this for the world, he begins with a sigh. Aziraphale, you know me in all the ways that actually matter. And I hope we keep knowing each other like that forever. Aziraphale's heart does a funny little trick in his chest. He thinks back to that day at St. James's Park, the words of promise Crowley is offering again today. Better buck up and get that Olympic medal then, he quips with a happy grin. Just watch me. And there, in the middle of the empty rink, Crowley kisses and holds and loves him, and Aziraphale feels utterly content, at peace. For here they are, an ice dancer and a single skater, together at center ice. Crowley in his sexy burgundy costume, a complimentary match to his partner, who'll be by his side in glittering black to perform a moving, intimate routine about loss and finding love. And to Zerophil in his royal look, in which he tells the story of a little prince who finds himself lost and embarks on a journey of self-discovery. Two costumes that are so prominently not a set, a clashing of styles that proclaim they don't go with each other, that Crowley is not Aziraphale's lover, and Aziraphale is not Crowley's prince. But here, with only the empty stands and cold lights to bear witness, they do belong together, sharing a love they don't show to the rest of the world. Only right now, this moment is their world, and that is all that matters. At the age of twenty-two, they begin again at center eyes. The End